So 2024 marks an interesting anniversary year for Perennial, the horticulture charity. It will be celebrating a milestone, 185 years of supporting people who work in the horticulture sector. I'm very pleased to be joined by David Lewis from Perennial, who's going to tell us a bit about the charity. Sum up what the charity's all about for us, please, David. So the charity always has been to support the people who work in horticulture and their families. So as times changed over the last 185 years, that the way it's supported has changed. So now most of the work that it does is supporting people who work within the horticultural sector still in work, though we do support training and people who've retired. In the last year, uh, our people contacting Perennial have gone up 36% because life's hard at the moment. The reason they're contacting us initially is generally something to do with health because if your body's not great, it's very difficult to work in horticulture. Generally, a lot of the jobs are physical. Um, and so that's often the reason people contact us. But then we find out that there may be other issues going on as well. And because we're a broad um, organization, we're able to help with all those different other areas of life as well. So finances, debt, legal problems, housing, finance. Did I say finance? Finance is always a big one. And, um, and um, as well as health and support people's families as well. Also, we've got lots of other, um, a lot of it's electronic now, especially the more we're supporting people in the workplace, um, various um, apps that you can link to through our website that'll support with um, with budgeting or musculoskeletal support, all sorts of different things. You mentioned there that calls have gone up in recent months. Is that due to the cost of living increases with bills? It's a major factor, but things are, are, are more complex than that. You know, waiting lists are longer. So if you've hurt your back and you work in horticulture, this is a off the top of my head example, but if you've hurt your back and you're in a queue, and you're self-employed, so someone just driving around in a van doing gardening work and not um, and not working for a company, you can't work. So that creates all sorts of problems. Challenges with housing as rents go up is very difficult. And of course, people's clients are a bit pressed. You know, if you've got a mortgage that's doubled in the last couple of years, how do you employ someone just to do a bit of mowing or maybe do your hedges twice a year? These are the first things you might cut out. So the charity is able to step in with some financial support, some guidance, other other different types of support, isn't it? So we have um, a caseworker team uh, located all over the country. And so a lot of the initial work will be to just, well, make sure you're okay immediately, which might just be a food voucher or something like that. Um, the line I always use, though, of this is less common than it used to be, is um, maybe you need some food in your fridge. But first, let's check you've got the electricity to run your fridge if you've got a fridge. You know, so, you know, it, it, they really go deep into what the issues might be. So that does exist. But the first thing is to make sure that people are getting all the benefits that they're entitled to, all the support that's out there um, that everybody should know about but doesn't and help people apply to get all that support. Maybe it's speak to one of our debt advisors and try and see whether speaking to um, people who are owed money just to see how that can be sorted out over a longer term and just getting things 
moving. You know, we all know what it's like when there's a problem. You know, we can often just get into that state of inertia, and the problem doesn't just stand still. It actually go. You know, it doesn't go away. It's it. You know, it's it's a big problem. So um, anyway, so th they'll do that. But you know, at a first stage, there's often much simpler things that people can just do themselves with a bit of support, knowing what's there, and that's where all the sort of preventative um, app-based uh, uh, support is there. And then there's the caseworkers, and then the, there is in the in in the cases that absolutely need it, there is financial support available as well. So someone on a low income that's listening to this working in the horticultural sector might actually find going on your website, Perennial's website, quite useful because they've got a simple, easy to read article about top things to cut back on expenditure and, and save money. Well, the sort of budgeting tool, yeah, that that works very well for that kind of thing. There's all sorts of advice that we're constantly posting on social media about all those things that everybody knows, but just everyone's aware of, but just being reminded of is always great, like how to unsubscribe from an app you've never actually used, but you're paying 10 quid a month. All these little bits. And, you know, when, when times are very tight, then all those little bits of money you know all those bits of expenditure disappearing are very useful so that, you know that is the simplest version but there are case studies on our website that on uh, perennial.org.uk that show some of the major work that uh, and interventions that we've been able to help in people's lives often because of accidents and it's everybody everybody that works with trees grass plants and flowers so it's your tree surgeon it's your local florist it's the person that grows the flowers. It's the gardener who looks after your garden. Yeah, uh, it, everybody. It, it's, it's a very broad um, group, um, indus industrial sector that perennial support. Of course, in the UK, we're a nation of small businesses. So many of those people are one man bands, you know, that don't have other people, other employees, other colleagues to help support them when they get into difficulties of a financial nature or or health nature do they uh, and it absolutely exactly and sometimes you know even nurseries you can have a one-man band nursery and they might not know about perennial because they're just selling in their local area and so i give talks to loads of gardening clubs uh, you know 20 talks a year there's always a slide about perennial and what perennial does because the people who go to gardening clubs are the people who might employ someone who comes, you know, twice a year. I, I'm fortunate. I have someone who comes and cuts my hedges twice a year. You know, that's he didn't know about perennial when he fell off a ladder in someone else's garden and lost some of his teeth. It's a private service. So all I know is I said, here's the number. I've no, You know, that's it. That's my entire connection with it. Um, but I do know he phoned and I don't know how he was looked after, but I know he was. Hmm. which is fantastic yeah. isn't it and yeah. i think it's even more important isn't it when we're in a, a a nation that's got an aging population as well uh there are going to be people with more health impacts if they've worked 60 odd years say in in the gardening sector in the, yeah. in the horticultural sector they are going to have aches and pains that may prevent them from working absolutely it's it's a major thing and those people need you know that 
great body of expertise that someone's accumulated over that time. You know, we frequently use the example of someone go, leaving horticulture because they're back, they've got back strain or whatever and go to shack, stack shelves in a supermarket and sometimes maybe earn more money because they're doing a lot more hours for less money. But they, you know, they, they can't keep going with the level of physical activity that horticulture can demand. So it's helping people retrain within the industry sometimes, because there are lots of different, you know, I spend, unfortunately, most of my time sitting behind a desk, making sure that lots of things happen in a garden. That's part of horticulture. Um, and the guys who are out in the garden, always making sure they've got the right boots, they've got waterproofs, they've got the right tools, they can do their job well, they're not feeling aches and pains. And if they do, what can we do about it? Um, you know, perennial is there for all those people who don't have that support within their workplace. And you mentioned that perennial does some work with apprenticeships. Can you tell us a bit about that work? Well, we have trainees at the moment, not in all our gardens, because we've only recently taken on the last skip, but in our other two gardens, we have um, two year training programs. It can be extended. So part of so that's practical work within the garden. And then the trainee themselves gets to choose what sort of horticultural formal off-site training they can take part in. So I know of people that have done very planty side, planty side of things um, in quite a sort of um, some nurseryman side. Um, I know someone who went to train as a garden designer um, while working at perennial. So, and, and then practical RHS courses as well. Um, we help fund all of that for our trainees as well. You mentioned the Lefskit Garden there. That was a donation to the charity. Tell us a bit about how that came into possession of perennials. So um, Sir Roy Strong had offered um, his garden and estate to, um, to well, it, it's in all sorts of books and newspapers to the National Trust, and they turned it down. And as far as um, some of his friends were concerned who got in touch with him, it was suggested that maybe he approached perennial. He didn't really know about perennial at the time, but he started a conversation and um, it was decided um, that perennial would accept and he was going to gift uh, the Laskett Garden to uh, perennial. So it fits in very well with our ethos on the gardens as we build up a portfolio of gardens, that they're created by individuals, they're outstanding gardens, they're places people will want to visit. Um, they're not right next to each other, so that awareness of perennial can be um, broadened through our gardens. And um, yes, so that all happened uh, up to 2020 when the gift was made. Um, I arrived here in August 2022. Um, to the, because of the pandemic and all sorts of other things. It was the moment to uh, start looking at the garden very carefully. It was created as an autobiographical garden by Sir Roy and his late wife, Julia. They, um, it was a garden of love, a garden of a very happy marriage and landmarks through their life and through the, um, the life of uh, Great Britain. They, they recorded it 
by creating bits of garden. So we've got a Silver Jubilee garden. We've got um, uh, the Queen Elizabeth 50th Jubilee urn. We've got, um, I've forgotten all the names of the bits of the garden now. That's terrible, isn't it? Um, but the Ashton Arbor. So uh, Julia had worked uh, with Ashton on some of his ballets when she designed them the, uh, in the theatre. So it was this, you know, collaborative garden between two people. And so it's got so many, every bit of the garden as you're walking around has got a memory. It's just, well, it's fantastic gardens. Yeah, very personal. And you mentioned there's another garden as well that the charity operates. Whereabouts yeah. is that? There's two others. There's York Gate, which is just north of Leeds in a place called Adel. And then there's Fuller's Mill, which is near Bury St Edmunds in Suffolk. Um, again, very different types of garden. Uh, York Gate was bequeathed by the Spencer family. It's an arts and crafts garden, quite small. Fantastic cafe, if ever you're up there, and fantastic plants. Um, and if you go uh, to Fuller's Mill, it's um, got, it is an old Fuller's Mill, and so it's got the mill stream running through it. Uh, Bernard Tickner, who gifted that, was an obsessive plantsman. So he bought one of everything. And so you wander around seven and a half acres of garden, just, well, it's just magical. And you, you're just looking at something, you think, I think I know what that is. And you discover it's not the one you know at all. It's something just that bit different because he bought one in 1973 or whenever it was. You know, it's, it's just fantastic. And a great way to support a charity like Perennial is to leave a legacy in a will. Can you tell us a bit more about how people might do that? I'm going to suggest going onto the website again or phoning up Perennial's office and getting a copy of their legacy leaflet. It explains it very well. Um, I think it explains it very well. So I was involved in writing it actually. So it's, um, but yeah, very important part of fundraising for Perennial um, and many other charities is legacy giving. We don't ask if you're going to give, we don't ask how much you're going to give but it just explains how to um, add that extra sentence in your will or create a codicil to your will, uh, leaving uh, some money to perennial. So you fundraise through the website regularly and there's ways that people can go on there and give an immediate donation, isn't there? There is. At the moment, if you go on there and hit the donate button, it will take you through to our Christmas appeal. You'll be able to um, donate straight um, through that. And that goes... You, there's all sorts of examples of how we help people, especially at this time of year. And if people work in the horticultural sector and need support, they can call 0800 093 8543 for support to talk through with the caseworker. And that's a great starting point, isn't it, to accessing help from perennial. Yeah. And if they don't feel quite up to speaking to someone immediately, again, um, if they go onto the website, click the help button, it'll take them through to a very simple form and someone will get in touch with them. And it, it, But if people want to help uh, uh, regular, regularly as well, um, Perennial has a membership. It's £35 a year and um, that gives access to all our gardens for free for you and a friend. So it's the best deal in the world when it comes to garden visiting. But also that £35 goes into the pot to support people who work in horticulture. Fantastic. Thank you very much, David. We wish you all the success, perennial, all the success at this time of year in raising funds to support people in the horticultural sector. David Lewis from Perennial, the horticulture charity supporting those who work in the horticulture industry. Thanks very much. 
You're very welcome. Thank you for reaching out so that we can get our message across.